This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hi, it's Nathan Eckersley here. Before we get into the new episode of my podcast, I do need to warn you. On this episode, you might hear me asking you to send me a message with your opinion. I love hearing your opinions, but the messages you hear me reading out on air are from the live broadcast of the podcast, which takes place on Wizard Radio Station every Sunday from 3pm UK time. If you want to get involved, make sure you listen live then. Please don't try to send in any messages for this episode, as your message won't be read, but you might still be charged. Anyway, that's the legal bit done. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome. I'm Nathan Ackersley and on the show this week, we are looking at the Prince Andrew scandal and asking if this could bring an end to the royal family. Plus, I'll be speaking to the founder of the British Monarchist Society, Thomas Mace Archer Mills. It's a packed show and I want to hear from you, so let's go. Whilst much of the media has been focusing on the seemingly countless number of parties held in Downing Street during lockdown, another huge story appeared this week. Prince Andrew, Duke of York, will face a civil trial in the United States after a judge in New York ruled that he can be prosecuted for committing sexual assault and battery against Virginia Roberts Dufre. This comes after a long drawn out process of trying to get the charges dropped and the case dismissed. As a result of this, Buckingham Palace announced, with the Queen's approval and agreement, that Prince Andrew will be defending this case as a private citizen, and has had to return all his royal patronages and military affiliations to the Queen. Dufresne alleges that Prince Andrew assaulted her three times after she was trafficked at the age of 16 by billionaire Jeffrey Epstein and socialite Ghislaine Maxwell. Following Epstein's suicide in prison in 2019, all charges against him were dismissed, and Maxwell faced trial on six charges, of which she was found guilty of five. One of those guilty verdicts was of sex trafficking a minor, and it is on this basis that Prince Andrew's trial will proceed. Prince Andrew has never done much to make a good impression in the eyes of the public. As someone in the immediate line of succession for most of his life, he has lived the life of ultimate indulgence and privilege. He attended the best schools and universities, had a stint in the military, regularly attended high society parties and functions, was famously promiscuous, earning himself the nickname Randy Andy, and served as the UK's special representative for international trade and investment, which allowed him to travel the world. Nobody could have been given a better life with more opportunities. Yet he felt he was above the law and could continue a relationship with a man who was a convicted sex offender. This isn't the first time Prince Andrew's relationship with Jeffrey Epstein has been in the spotlight. Ten years ago, when it was the Queen's Diamond Jubilee, 
The famous photo of him walking through Central Park in New York with Epstein surfaced, and questions naturally were raised about why a prince of the realm was socialising with this sort of person. Now that he is facing trial, the royal family has taken the ultimate step in making him return those royal patronages and military affiliations to the Queen. This means he is no longer the figurehead of any charity or organisation and no longer has any ceremonial role in any of the armed forces. He is also no longer allowed to use the style of His Royal Highness in any official capacity, despite still retaining it. For a man who spent his entire life basking in the privileges titles afford him, this really is the biggest of blows. It is worth noting that Prince Andrew is still the Duke of York, as only an Act of Parliament can strip him of that peerage. Similarly, it is only through a legal instrument called a letters patent, which is issued only by the Queen, that he can have the His Royal Highness style revoked. He still retains his personal honours of Knight of the Garter and Knight Grand Cross of the Royal Victorian Order, both of which are honours entirely in the Queen's gift, unlike the awards given out in, say, the Queen's New Year or Birthday Honours lists. Now, Virginia Roberts Dufresne's entire case is built around the testimony the Duke of York gave to Emily Maitlis in that now infamous interview for the BBC's Newsnight. It was following that car crash interview in November 2019 that Prince Andrew agreed to step back from royal and public duties. The absurdity of what Prince Andrew was claiming in that interview really cannot be done justice by me giving you a summary of it. Instead, just listen to what he had to say in that interview starting with telling Emily Maitlis about how he couldn't have been partying with Virginia Roberts because he can't sweat. She was very specific about that night. Mm. She described dancing with you no. and you profusely sweating <laughs> and that she went on to have bath, there's a, there's possibly... A, there's a slight problem with, 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 with the sweating um, because uh, I, I have a peculiar medical condition, which is that I don't sweat um, or I didn't sweat at the time, and that was... Oh, actually, yes. I didn't sweat at the time because I um, ha had suffered what I would describe as an overdose of adrenaline in the Falklands War when I was shot at, uh, and I simply... It, it, was, it, was, it was almost impossible for me to, to, to sweat. And it's only because I have done a number of things in, in the recent past that I'm starting to be able to do that again. So I'm afraid to say that, 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 that there's a medical condition that says that I didn't do it, so therefore... As if that wasn't bizarre enough, here is Prince Andrew discussing his notorious trip to Pizza Express in Woking. On that particular day that, that, that um, uh, we now understand is the date, which is the 10th of March, uh, I was at home. Uh, I was with the children. I'd taken Beatrice to uh, a Pizza Express in Woking for a party at, a, I suppose, sort of four or five in the afternoon. Um, and then, because the Duchess was away, we have a simple rule in the, in the, in the family that, 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 that when one's away, the other one's there. I was on terminal leave at the time um, from the, the Royal Navy, so therefore I was at home. Why would you remember that so specifically? Why would you remember a, a Pizza Express birthday and being at home? Because. Going to Pizza Express in Woking is an unusual thing for me to do. A very unusual thing for me to do. I've never been, I've only been through Woking a couple of times, um, and I remember it 
weirdly distinctly. But as soon as somebody reminded me of it, I went, oh, yes, I remember that. Here is the zinger, which is his explanation of why he went to see Epstein in New York in 2010 after Epstein was released from prison for his first conviction of trafficking offences. It was a convenient place to stay. I mean, mean, I've gone through this in my mind so many times. At the end of the day, um, uh, uh, with the benefit of all the hindsight that one could have, um, it was definitely the wrong thing to do. Um, But at the time, I felt it was the the honourable and right thing to do. And I, I... admit fully that, 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 that my judgment was probably coloured by my um, tendency to be too honourable, but that's just the way it is. Even after listening to those clips, the Duke of York's claims really just defy belief and logic, and he went on to make a number of other outrageous claims in that 50-minute interview. But whilst things look bad for Prince Andrew, this has serious ramifications for the royal family. Until Buckingham Palace announced that he would be defending this case as a private citizen, the Queen had been significantly contributing to Prince Andrew's legal fees. Now, should Prince Andrew be found guilty, huge questions will be asked about whether taxpayers' money was used for his defence. Also, the reputational damage to the institution of the royal family will be immense. Let's not forget that there are photos of Ghislaine Maxwell a woman who Prince Andrew frequently calls a friend in that Newsnight interview, sat on the Queen's throne in Buckingham Palace next to another delightful character, actor Kevin Spacey, who sat on Prince Philip's throne. Now, it is believed that Prince Andrew invited them to the palace, but that's only based on reports by The Telegraph. The access Prince Andrew granted Epstein and Maxwell to, not only the royal family, but to the government's business is also a significant concern, as is the level of access the Duke of York was given to Epstein's circle. Once again, the royal family has been rocked by scandal. The Queen has had to take almost everything from her favourite son, and the firm has become that bit smaller and tighter, perhaps to the relief of Princes Charles and William. The royal family have had a number of reputational setbacks in the eyes of the public, but If Prince Andrew is found guilty, it might be one setback too many, and that could have profound constitutional implications. I want to hear from you on this, so please do get in touch. You can tweet us or DM us on Twitter and Instagram using the handle at WizRadio. You can vote in our poll. The question of the day is, can can the Prince Andrew scandal bring down the monarchy? To vote on the poll, visit wizardradio.co.uk forward slash listen to vote live. You can text us at no extra cost, only standard network rate supply at 07807183538. You can email us station at wizardradio.co.uk. All of our contact details can be found on our website at www.wizardradio.co.uk. We'll be back after this. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC.
Welcome back. Let's hear what you have to say. And our first message today comes from David. David says, The royal family has had many scandals, but this is a new level. Cheating and affairs is one thing. Claims of racism are very bad, but these are very nuanced issues. But sexual assault is something that you can't turn a blind eye to. Maybe if this was 40 years ago, and a different generation, then the British public might be able to get past this. But if Prince Andrew is found guilty in this case, then not only has a member of the royal family sexually assaulted an innocent citizen, but the whole family stood by and supported this person until they thought it might actually damage them. We know that society has a zero-tolerance policy towards these actions, rightfully so. And so I don't know what the future of the royals looks like if Prince Andrew is found to be guilty. Well, thank you for that message, David. And you're absolutely right to say that the royal family has had many scandals. Scandal is nothing new to the royal family. You've referenced there the claims of racism made by Meghan, Duchess of Sussex, and that was also a contributing factor to why Prince Harry and Meghan moved to the United States. And of, of course, cheating and affairs it, it, another significant uh, scandal in the story of the royal family. But you, you're right, this is something completely different. And the one thing that we have to keep in mind we're in thinking about this story and how the implications of this story affect the royal family is that the institution of the monarchy always comes first. Absolutely always comes first. And its survival is key. They will always put the institution above any other individual. And uh, as I said in my opening remarks, Prince Andrew has spent the vast majority of his life in the immediate line of succession. When he was born, he was second in line. And of course, as uh, Charles and William have had children, he's obviously been bumped further down the line of succession. But he has always been within that immediate line of succession. And now that he's no longer within that immediate lie. In the eyes of the royal family, he is expendable. In the eyes of the royal family, he is someone who can just be put out to pasture, essentially. He can be cast out and really there is just no way back for Prince Andrew into royal life, even if he is found to be not guilty and completely innocent by a the, the court in the United States. It's uh, you, you know, There's just no way back for him because of how they have uh, done this by stripping him of basically everything. And if, by stripping of everything at this stage, that is a damage limitation point. You're, you're, you're right to point out. And th there are profound implications for the, the future of the monarchy if he is found guilty. And a number of questions will rightly be raised about if they knew before the allegations were made public that Prince Andrew had been involved in uh, these scandals and how deep his connections with Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell really were. And th this entire court case as well is based on everything he said to Emily Maitlis in that Newsnight interview. That's the whole foundation for this case. And again, as much as the royal family will want to try and put that to one side and say, look, it was a horrendous uh, ju judgments by Prince Andrew to uh, to do that interview. It was just a terribly, terribly poor idea from him to agree to do that interview. The, they will try to move past that, but fundamentally, that is going to be something that really comes back to bite them. And of course, there has to be a zero tolerance policy to any kind of assault, especially sexual assault. And uh, the 
crimes uh, Prince Andrew is accused of are very, very serious. And uh, it is, of course, worth mentioning that Prince Andrew strenuously denies everything he is accused of. But you're, you're absolutely right to point out that it does put the future of the royal family into question if he is found guilty. Thank you for that message, David. Our next message comes from Anna. Anna says, I'm confused by the comments that Prince Andrew will be defending this case as a private citizen, because what private money does he have? He spent his life working in service of the public, working with charities and making public appearances. As far as I know, he doesn't have a job and has never had a job. He doesn't have an income. Surely any money he has is from his parents or the royal family as an institution, which is propped up by the public and m money that they make from their property, which is basically owned by the public. So surely any way that he has, uh, that he defends this as a private citizen, that money at some point has to come because of the public. Well, thank you for that message, Anna. And again, it's a very, very interesting point that the, the statement Buckingham Palace issued on this case made by explicitly saying a private citizen. Now, we, we tend not to use the term private citizen in the UK. It's more of a, an American uh, legal term and to to discuss for for example when a, a, a president leaves office leaves the white house and becomes a, a private citizen after being in public life for so long you know, so that's that's usually the context we would use the term private citizen but to use it in this case because of course this is being tried in the united states and much of the terminology and, uh, and press releases that will be made around this case will be made f a, in large part for the American audience because this is taking place in the state of New York. Now, the royal family ob obviously has a lot of uh, money from the taxpayer. Uh, last time I, I looked, it was roughly uh, around £13.8 billion pounds, uh, the, the royal family receives from the taxpayer, which in comparison to a lot of other expenditure in the NHS, for example, it really is a drop in the ocean. But it's still a huge chunk of money. But the royal family has a lot of private assets as well. They have uh, private investments. Um, they have, have uh, positions on uh, bo boards of private companies as well, for example, which uh, a number of them take salaries for as well. So, uh, And of course, Prince Andrew as well. He's... Uh, before all, all of this came about, it, one of the thing, programs he was really passionate about was something he brought to which was called Pitch at the Palace, which was for young people to uh, come to the palace to pitch business ideas to him and to a, a panel of other industry experts and uh, really senior business figures. And uh, it would be on Prince Andrew and others to select a certain group of young people to invest in. And you know, and any profit they made, obviously, they, they would take a chunk by being an investor. So, of, of course, there is going to be a lot of uh, public money or taxpayers' money that goes into the royal family. But I think they so far they've been quite clear in making sure that most of the funding that particularly the Queen has put into uh, financing Prince Andrew's uh, legal defence has come from private funds, not public funds. But again... When uh, the the annual audit happens of the royal family's finances and how they use taxpayers' money and public money, there, there will naturally be questions about whether or not any of that went into Prince Andrew's defence. And it may be the case that it's all private, but if there is any taxpayers' money, it's important that we know where exactly that has gone to. So thank you for that message, Anna. 
Our next message comes from Robbie. Robbie says, if Prince Andrew is found not guilty in this case, I don't think it would make a difference. We've already made up our minds about how Prince Andrew, to many of us, he is guilty, even if he is innocent. Somehow, people's love of the Queen has lived throughout this. I don't know many people who would think badly of the Queen through this. She is the most loved person in this country. But that's only while she's in power. And we know that with every month and every year, we get closer to a time when the Queen won't be around anymore. If Prince Andrew represents the next generation of royals, that is the generation that is next in power. I don't know how they can survive someone from that generation being a sex pest. Well, thank you for that message, Robbie. And uh, yes, of, of course, the, the, Prince Andrew is the Queen's second son. Many say that he is, in fact, the Queen's favourite son. Whether or not that, that's true, again, that's that would be something for a, a biographer or even for the, the Queen to say, but I, I doubt that she would. But, you know, a lot of commentators throughout the, the years have always said that uh, he, he is her favourite. And so the decision to strip him of all these titles and affiliations and patronages must have been a particularly difficult choice for, for her to make. But as for the next generation of the monarchy, of course, it is uh, Prince Charles, Prince of Wales, who will uh, take the throne and take the crown uh, some day. Hopefully, not for quite some time, but, but uh, certainly one day he will take take the throne. And the, one of the things Prince Charles has been working towards over the last few years, particularly in the wake of uh, Harry and Meghan leaving the royal family, is having a really slimmed down royal family. He understands that the 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 institution of the monarchy is not perfect. Of, of course it's not. And there are many who see this as a, sort of a huge expense, a huge burden on the taxpayer. And uh, there are far too many royals who don't pull their weight or don't, don't do enough to justify the expense that they they produce. So th this, I mean, obviously, slimming down the royal family would be do done, well, one would hope would be done under better circumstances. But the fact that we now have one less senior royal maybe something of a point of relief for Prince Charles and Prince William, who have been working together on producing this slimmed down monarchy of just having a core team who go and do the public duties, who attend the investiture ceremonies where uh, members of the public will go to the palace to receive their MBEs and OBEs uh, from the, the Queen's birthday and New Year's honours list. So it's for, for those sorts of events that really they've wanted to shrink the royal family. And I can't see any way back into the royal family for Prince Andrew. The the court of public opinion is it, it's integral really to the survival of the institution of the monarchy, and so within that you have to to understand that if the public has taken against someone so much, because of course it, it, Prince Andrew's always had a history of uh, being being a party animal and uh, re really just making the most of the excesses and privileges that royal life brings uh, as second in line to the throne and indeed within that immediate line of succession. He's had s such a privileged life and now this really is coming back to bite him because I do think by just denying this for so long and even doing that now infamous interview I think I really think he thought oh if I just do the interview I'll change public opinion everyone will love me again but it really doesn't work like that especially for this sort of case and now that the precedent has been set by Ghislaine Maxwell's uh, prosecution in the United States as well and be being found guilty on all those charges you know that that really is the precedent for this case going ahead and he cannot run away from that as much as he wants to so 
even if he is found uh, in not guilty by the court, he's completely exonerated, completely innocent. It's now a case of guilt by association. It's common knowledge, public knowledge, very well known now that he was friends with Jeffrey Epstein even after that uh, Epstein was in prison in 2010 for the first set of trafficking charges. We know he was continuously friends with Ghislaine Maxwell. We know he was friends with other people in that circle who have now been uh, presented with a set of allegations against them. So, you know, in the court of public opinion, there is no way back for Andrew. I think the royal family knows this, and that's why they've taken the decision that they have this week. Thank you for that message, Robbie. And our next message comes from Alyssa. Alyssa says, from what you said, Nathan, if in that audit of the royal family's money, it is seen that any amount of money, even one penny, went towards Prince Andrew's legal defence, I think that would do it. I really would. Right now, people have been able to separate the Queen from this scandal because they think that she's nothing to do with it, and especially now that she's cut him off from the family and stripped him of his HRH title. But I think it sends a very different message if she helped him defend himself and funded his legal defence against a sex assault victim, even a, if even a small amount for a while. That could go far enough to taint her image and make a lot of people turn against the whole thing. Because right now, I think people just don't like Andrew. I don't think that's extended to the family as a whole. Well, thank you for that message, Alyssa. And I, I don't think it would da damage the, the public impression of the Queen. And... You know, every year there there is an audit of uh, of the the queen's finances, the royal family's finances, and uh, it's made it's made public. It's uh, it's known as an audit of what's called the privy purse, the the amount of taxpayers' money that is spent on the monarchy. Now, so far from various uh, palace sources and uh, press releases and all sorts of information that we've had about this particular case, the palaces and the queen have always been clear that so far it's been. Uh, the Queen and the Royal Family's private funds that have been uh, involved in uh, supporting Prince Andrew's legal defence. But even if you take a step back for a moment, to ignore that part for a moment, we have to understand that this is still a family, and this is a mother financially supporting her son's legal defence, as I'm sure in many court cases around the country, around the world even. Families have supported legal defence of other family members, be it a spouse or a husband, a cousin, a, a sibling, a, a child. You know, if, if ever a member of the family has been in legal trouble, uh, uh, in many, many, many cases, other family members might step in and contribute to their legal fees. You know that, So when, when we look at it like that, it is a mother financially supporting her son who is in trouble. But Going back to the fact that this is the royal family and they do receive a lot of taxpayer funding, there isn't a certainty that any taxpayer's money has been used for this case, but it is just worth pointing out because even if a penny has been, as you say, contributed towards this, we have to know exactly what it was used for. Was it for solicitor's fees or was it for investigations as well or... Uh, research, you know, there's so much that goes into legal fees that if any taxpayers' funding has been used for this, uh, which I, d I don't think there has been so far, but even if there has been, I, I can only imagine it being a very small amount or small percentage. But if it has, it's so important that we know exactly where this money has gone to and what it actually covers. But if Prince Andrew is found not guilty, and again, it is worth pointing out, he does 
seriously deny all the allegations presented against him. If he is found not guilty, then I think there would be less of an issue because it would be the royal family supporting one of their own who's had a set of very, very serious allegations presented against them. And they, they've been protecting one of their own, and you know, quite, quite rightly. But if he is found guilty, and we do have to keep it conditional, if he is found guilty, then of course more questions will be raised about not only the amount that was spent on his defence, because realistically the, the Crown's funds will be used to support Prince Andrew throughout this, especially now that he's no longer in public life. But aside from that, it's also about the access that Prince Andrew gave to Epstein and to Maxwell as well that will be under question as well. Uh, as, and also the fact that Andrew will have had access to Epstein's uh, social circle as well and uh, Maxwell's circle. So these are serious questions that really do need answering. Thank you for that message, Alyssa. And to get involved, you can tweet us or DM us on Twitter and Instagram at, at, using the handle at WizRadio. Uh, you can contact us. All of our contact details can be found on our website at www.wizardradio.co.uk, where you can also find the poll we are running. And the question of the day is, can the Prince Andrew scandal bring down the monarchy? Uh, you can find that on our website at www.wizardradio.co.uk forward slash listen. We'll be back right after this. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back. Let's check in with the results so far on this week's poll. The question of the day is, can the Prince Andrew scandal bring down the monarchy? Well, 72% of you say yes, it can bring down the monarchy, whereas 28% of you say no, it cannot. Well, please do vote in the poll if you haven't already. To vote on the poll, visit wizardradio.co.uk forward slash listen to vote live. And please do keep your messages coming through. A reminder that all of our contact details can be found on our website at www.wizardradio.co.uk. Now, the royal family is used to scandals. From King Edward VII's abdication to married American divorcee Wallace Simpson to Princess Diana's BBC interview revealing the details of palace life and Prince Charles's affair with Camilla Parker Bowles. Incidents and bad press are par for the course in royal life, but the Prince Andrew scandal could be one too far. My guest is an expert on royal affairs and is a regular commentator in the media on all matters relating to the House of Windsor. My guest this week is the founder of the British Monarchist Society, Thomas Mace Archer-Mills. Thomas, welcome to the show. Yes, good afternoon and thank you for having me. Thank you for coming on. On Thursday night, it was announced by Buckingham Palace that Prince Andrew was to be stripped of his royal patronages and military affiliations, as well as no longer using the style His Royal Highness after a court in the US said that he would be tried in a civil court case. Now, for listeners who perhaps don't follow the inner workings of the royal family too closely, 
What does this exactly mean? This is absolutely unprecedented. This is something that uh, we are looking at, that the Queen, not as an individual or a mother, but as the state, as the crown, is having to do to limit any sort of reputational damage to the royal family or the institution itself. Uh, We do need to be mindful that the the Duke of York has not been tried in a court of law. He has not been ruled that he's done any wrongdoing. Uh, this is really the crown, the institution, distancing itself from any sort of further fallout from the court case which will be coming against Prince Andrew, a man who was born a royal highness and now all of a sudden he's not able to call himself that anymore. This is about survival, not of individual members of the royal family. You are seeing the institution in all its action and glory. This is nothing personal, this is business. This is how the crown maneuvers and survives and has lasted a thousand years. Anyone that's contributing to any sort of negative publicity, any sort of questions as to the integrity of the crown, you see what happens. The queen has just done it. You are my second born son. You are my favorite. But unfortunately, in the eyes of the crown, you are expendable and we no longer need you. You do not serve a purpose for the greater good of the country. And as we see it, he is cut out. Well, absolutely. And in, in the statement Buckingham Palace released, it, it really struck me that it, it opened by saying, with the queen's approval and agreement, Now, as as you say, it's long been believed that Andrew is the Queen's favourite son. And of course, for a long time, he was second in line to the throne. So how difficult a decision must this have been for Her Majesty? This is a very personal blow to Her Majesty as a mother, as head of her family now. This is something that she would have taken counsel from uh, Prince Philip. But unfortunately, he is no longer here. But it also brings into effect the actual behind the scenes workings of the palace. When we think of the crown and the queen, we think she's the ultimate say, but there's something more at work here that you rightfully point out. The opening lines of that announcement of the palace says, with the agreement of the queen. Well, if it wasn't the queen's idea, and if Prince Philip's not around anymore, Who has she sought counsel with? Well, of course, the next senior members of the family and the next in line will, of course, be Prince Charles, Prince of Wales, and then Prince William. But they wouldn't have come up with this on their own either. So in the background, there are positions that we know as the grey suits that obviously need to look out for the best interest of the institution. So a lot of the change doesn't start with the Queen or individual members of the royal family. It starts with those courtiers that are looking out for the longevity and the future of the institution itself. They are the ones that don't have feeling. They are the ones that say it's not personal, it's business. And that's where we suspend the family unit. We suspend the firm and we look at the institution and who actually is pulling the strings there. Unfortunately, As we think it is Her Majesty and those that are next in line, they're only temporary. They are puppets to the crown. So as we have seen in this this absolutely unprecedented announcement, it's, it's not the queen at work, it's the crown at work, a very big difference. Absolutely. And it was also interesting to note in the statements that they said quite explicitly that he will be defending this case as a private citizen. Now, the term private citizen, is it, it's not often used in the UK. It's more of an American legal term. And obviously, this case is being tried in the United States. But 
Given that the Queen has reportedly been contributing to Prince Andrew's legal fees for this case, what does that say about the royal family's confidence in not not only Prince Andrew, but the strength of his defence? Yes, there's there's two things here, and uh, it's been a common... uh, use of terminology, a private citizen in the United States for yonks. But a lot of Americanisms are coming across the Atlantic, Uh, not just myself several years ago, but a lot of different terms. And when we look at Harry and Meghan, they had also had that term applied to them, that they no longer wanted to be members of the royal family, but to be private citizens. Well, what exactly does that mean? And what does it mean where you not just have a family, but a family that's attached to the head of state and the crown in total? So when we break it down, it's not about so much a defense and whether the family believes him or not. Uh, It's actually coming down to, will it be misconstrued that the queen's private money who is helping assist Andrew in the finances could be muddled with the idea that the taxpayers pay for the royal family. So that's one issue that the Queen is wanting to distance from. Another issue there is whether Prince Andrew or not will still be seen in the eyes of the public to be an active member of the royal family. And as the public does assume that they pay for the royal family, they would want to know why they, in fact, are paying for someone who has disgraced the nation and the royal family. So by the Queen removing that from the equation in saying, this man, my son, and former HRH will not be attached to the royal family during any of these proceedings now or ever in the future. He's on his own as an individual without the protection of the crown or me as the queen, as his mother is head of state. So this is the crown also distancing itself from still an heir to the throne. He will retain his position in succession, but they're not claiming him anymore as an HRH. So he actually joins his ex-wife, Sarah Ferguson, the Duchess of York in having that title his or her royal highness stripped from him. This might look as it was maybe a virtual lead to the chopping block, Uh, but this is actually the queen saying, I'm giving you a lifeline here. I'm helping you. Let's take care of all of this stuff up front. That way later on, there's no more disgrace. There won't be any more calls to further harm you. I would like to really just get it out of the way so you can concentrate on picking up from this mess and moving on with your life, not having anybody hound you or saying, why should you retain titles? Why should you retain status or position since you have damaged irreputably the, and irrevocably the royal family, me as your mother, as the queen and the state in its glory? Just to pick up on what you said before then, Prince Charles and Prince William were at this meeting with Her Majesty and of course, Prince Andrew. And of course, that was the the same group who were also there negotiating the exit of Prince Harry and Meghan Markle from the royal family as well. So 
Yes. What, what does this say about the way decision making is done within the royal family? As, as Also, as you say, about the, the royal household as well and the, the men in grey suits. And also, e- even in the Telegraph as, as well, they reported that even uh, Sarah Ferguson, Prince Andrew's ex-wife, she was the one who initially persuaded him to withdraw from public life. It tells us there's a fine line between business and personal and anyone who's in business knows that. And, and we know not to do business with our friends and our family because it always ends badly. Uh, and in this case, it has ended very badly. But Prince Andrew can see that he is a part of something bigger. He is part of the crown, an institution. And he takes service to crown and country and duty very seriously. So he did agree to this. And that's because he's able to draw that line between it being personal as, oh, I'm going to fall out with my family versus the crown is what matters. I am a functioning cog in that. And if I'm broken, this organization is only as strong as its weakest link. By removing me, we can carry on and be as strong as we were before. Uh, He will, of course, still always be a prince of the realm, the queen's second son. He will have more money than most of us will see in our lifetime. So for him, he is pretty well set financially unless this, this court case does take everything from him. But it shows the ruthlessness of the institution, of the crown itself. It shows a very stark contrast that No matter how human we want to say the members of our royal family are, we have to look at them in this case as intangible pieces on a playing board. They belong to the wider theory and ideology of what the crown is. So we we can't actually say, well, it's it's a brother, it's a sister, it's a son, it's an uncle. We're not, we're not the royal family and they're not a normal family. They have very different positions. So it is quite hard not to take personally, but when you take a human aspect out of it and look at survival of an institution, it's the same as a business. What do we have to sacrifice to grow the business and make it profitable? And uh, we look at the, the bottom line. And the bottom line here with the Crown is concerned is that Prince Andrew was a liability. And unfortunately, with all bad employees, we must let them go. On liabilities, the court case is a real, real landmark court case, this. And the entire uh, structure of uh, the uh, Virginia Roberts case is, is actually built on the interview Prince Andrew did with Newsnight's Emily Maitlis, which uh, for yes. an, anyone who watched it, it can only be described as a car crash. Uh, following that, he, he did say that he was going to step back from royal duties for the foreseeable future. But given that that particular interview is the entire foundation for this civil case, just how damaging can that interview be for him and indeed the, the royal family? Well, it's, it's somewhat incriminating because if he can't provide any sort of medical reasons or evidence that he wasn't able to sweat, then that's a problem. But when you look at that interview and look at his demeanor, Prince Andrew, no one has ever really warmed to Prince Andrew. People from day one have called him all sorts and branded him Randy Andy, the Prince of Pork, all of these things. He does have an air and sense of entitlement. Uh, People don't like that. He's not one of these members of the royal family that we like to embrace and love and coddle and say, oh, they make us proud. A lot of people utterly loathe the band because of his aloof, entitled attitude. And I think that's why the media and the public have very easily said guilty 
And we think he's guilty because the way he acted, I'm better than everyone. I might get away with it. I might not. This is my truth. No, no, no. We don't want your truth. We want the truth. What happened? I, I think also with this, and I feel very passionately that even though the media and the public have gone ahead and tried him and found him guilty, it's the courts of law, not the public and not the press, certainly not the media, that will find him innocent or guilty. And this country and most Western countries, we are innocent until proven otherwise. So I think what the palace has done is actually very damaging in its own way to the prince because what the public is going to take away from that is he's being punished for wrongdoing. And if they didn't think he was in the wrong and didn't do anything wrong, why would they do this to him? The public takes its cue from the Buckingham Palace press office. So this is where the institution sometimes works against itself. What does the palace know that we don't know, that the judges don't know, that lawyers don't know? What is it that has made them punish this man so much that they are literally casting aside not only an heir to the throne, but a born royal highness and the queen's favorite son? You know things are serious at that point and just how serious is he truly the guilty party? Yeah, definitely. And it's uh, very important to re repeat the fact that, you know, he is innocent until proven guilty. And it's, it's also important to stress that Prince Andrew does strenuously deny the allegations that's been made against him. Yes. But, but just to come back to the interview for, for a moment, the royal family has had a, a very long and very well-documented, uh, di quite difficult relationship with the press now, given how poorly that now infamous interview went, will that add to the distrust the, the royals have in the media and also link into Prince William's issues with the BBC? This is a, a very wide and vast question, because if we look at the history of this question with, with a special look at press and media treatment, it all stems with deference to the crown. Things before, when there was a high deference, the papers were never run with stories they, they do now. But as the relationship has changed and deference to the crown has, in fact, socially uh, been on the decline for decades, we're looking at an institution that faces a crisis. And the Queen, we all love her. We know how she has run the, the firm, as you will, but this mantra of never complain, never explain is now working against the palace. But your question is about the story of the relationship between the media and the royal family. And it's not going to get any better. There's an affinity and a love for the Queen. So the papers are always uh, more respectful, more understanding to Her Majesty, but not other members of the royal family. There's such a deep respect for that woman. She's really the only queen so many of us have only ever known. Uh, even our parents have only ever known her. So to say anything against her at such an age is, is borderline the most disrespectful thing you could ever do. But her children are fair game because what's being misconstrued is the love of the queen and the love of the institution and the love of the royal family. And for as ardent of a monarchist I am, I'm a realist. 
And we need to make sure that the palace itself and those gray suits are understanding that the affinity, the affection and the cherishing of the queen is not exactly the same for the institution. And this is where the palace has to change. This is where they have to say, we need to do something different because once the queen goes, never complain, never explain, the people won't wear it. The people are entitled. They feel entitled. They think they pay for us. They want answers. They think that we answer to them. Mm. And hey, it's a very disposable society now. If we don't have value on something, we chuck it away in the bin. Mm. Well, younger people coming up, if they don't understand the value of the crown in the palace, the gray suits don't change their ways, they're going to find themselves out on the dole looking for mm. a new job. Well, following the allegations against the Duke of York initially becoming uh, public, there were, there were many, particularly in the veterans community, who had been calling for him to have his military affiliations stripped because of yes. the, the reflection those accusations have on their, their regiments. So, yes. you know, going back to that, that idea about the, the course of public opinion, you know, to what extent will those calls by the ex-service men and women have had in contributing to the Queen's decision? Well, the armed forces don't belong to the government. They are Her Majesty's armed forces. And there is a mantra within every regiment, within every branch of of the armed forces, that you are duty and honor. And anyone who violates that mantra is not worthy to not only wear a uniform, but even shine the shoes of those who are in uniform. So it is only right that those that feel that the, the Duke of York has disgraced his position, has carried a black mark on the regiments of which he serves and is a colonel of, of course they don't want to be associated with that. These are upstanding men and women that serve crown and country every day and, and act in a certain way that not only puts the best foot forward of their division and their regiment, but actually reflects the United Kingdom as a country, crowning country. That's what it's about. And a prince of the realm to act in this way, whether he's guilty or not, it is his association and lapse of judgment and good character and keeping company with those that he did that has brought this great reputational damage, not just to him, but all attached to him. So it's only right that those men and women in uniform would not want to serve under him. They wouldn't want him as a colonel. They say, your majesty, we serve you well. We serve you every day. We've taken an oath to protect you under your command in this nation. We don't, we we can't be associated with someone who is dishonorable, that we don't trust, that we now would not follow into battle. Something must be done. That's a very serious accusation. And uh, knowing the guards, because my adopted grandfather is a grenadier for years and years, he's been calling for Prince Andrew to step down even before this all came to light. So this is something that has plagued the forces even before this all came out. And on lapses of judgment, this isn't the first time Prince Andrew has been questioned about his relationship with Jeffrey Epstein to bring it back to the wider reason this case was brought about. Even during the Mm. Queen's Diamond Jubilee celebrations a decade ago, he was criticised for continuing that friendship with Epstein after he was released from prison following the first set of trafficking charges. So based on that, should we really be surprised that Prince Andrew has found himself in this position? Well, I think we can't be surprised, and I'll tell you why, because it's not entirely his fault. He's not the brightest bulb in the palace chandelier. This man is someone who values wealth, money, status. 
Um, is he a bit ignorant? Yes. Does he put all the pieces together? No. Is he a little arrogant? Very much so. Uh, so when you put ignorance and arrogance together, it creates a very lethal combination. So he was already digging his own grave without even knowing it. Uh, and, and that's the danger with people like Prince Andrew. Is he personable? To most people, he's not. I've had the chance to, to meet him and he's very lovely. Uh, he's done a lot for his charities. He's done a lot with Pitch at the Palace for younger people, entrepreneurs. But unfortunately, all the good that he's done is, is buried by the actual person he is, which is very unfortunate. Um, and, and this brings into a greater question. When he was pictured with Jeffrey Epstein in New York City on that bench in Central Park, what were they talking about? What exactly was the timeline? Now, these 2009 papers that's, that have been unsealed, which showed that uh, Ms. Guffrey had, in fact, taken a settlement. And this was supposed to uh, say that royalty would be uh, absolved from any future case and this and that. Was that what Epstein and the Duke of York were talking about? Was it Prince Andrew that met with him to say, I'm your friend, I'm going to be guilty by association. I've done nothing, how are you going to protect me? What is it that you're going to do as a friend since I've stood by you not in, in claiming your innocence, but just being a friend, I am now in the firing line. Mm. What is it in your settlement that you're going to do to make sure that I'm not brought to the chopping block? That's very much a conversation that could have happened when that photographer snapped that picture. And of course, with that, that clause in the 2009 sealed paper saying that, well, she shouldn't be able to bring a case against royalty. Does that include Prince Andrew? Is that what was decided between Epstein and, well, I can't even say his royal highness anymore, and, and the prince? So there's a lot that needs to be taken into account. If he is in fact not innocent, did he meet Epstein to make sure that he was going to be protected because he knew he was guilty by association, not guilty by doing any wrongdoing. Well, v Virginia Roberts Dufresne, Prince Andrew's accuser, she, she's told the press that she is still willing to reach a settlement agreement with uh, Prince Andrew. Do you, do you think the royal family may actually push Andrew to settle rather than take this to trial in, in order to just simply protect the firm, if you will? Well, see, th this is the question, because a settlement can only happen with Miss Dufresne, and they, I was corrected earlier with Dufresne, um, mm -hmm. <laughs> but I, I've said Gouffray. So um, however you say it, a settlement can only happen with her approval. And right now it has actually been conveyed that she might not want to settle. If she does settle, it won't just be about money. It will be about clearing her and an admittance of wrongdoing on the part of the prince. One way or the other, it doesn't look good for the Duke of York. It doesn't look good for Andrew as a private citizen now, um, someone who's probably going to have to borrow money from his mother to get by after this. So if he does settle and we don't know the ins and outs of the settlement, the public is going to say, well, he settled because he's guilty. Mm. That's why people settle. And when we look at previous settlements in the past, whether it be Michael Jackson or other people that were stained by the allegations of wrongdoing, whether they did wrong or not, didn't matter. Mm. Everyone said they paid to shut up these people. If you have the money, you pay it, make it go away, whether you're guilty or you're not. 
but the public always has the stigma that if you paid to make it go away, you did something wrong. The mud sticks, there isn't any, any smoke without fire. So if he, as a UK citizen, does not comply, does not testify, he could be held in contempt. And then it's also that, well, the judge can say, it's now what I decide. And I think you owe her $25 million, something like that. So no matter what he does, he's going to have to put his best evidence forward. He's going to have to prove that he wasn't able to sweat. He's going to have to find some footage, a bill, any sort of records that he was in fact at Pizza Express with one of the princesses of York. There's so much that if he is not guilty, and we can't assume that he is or he isn't until the judge rules, he needs to now get every shred of evidence to prove that he was where he says he was and that he had that medical condition that she says is, is full of, of ridiculousness. But I do, I do want to bring up uh, another very important bit here mm-hmm. is that <laughs> Prince Andrew, when you say, okay, I don't remember taking this picture. I don't really remember meeting her. But then she says, I met you and I did the deed with you on three different occasions. You should certainly remember me. Let's just say for a moment, he is a member of the royal family who meets tens of thousands, if not thousands of people per year and has just as many pictures taken. If we were to meet thousands of people a year and have thousands of pictures taken, would we remember every face? Would we remember every photograph taken? If we were at one of our friends' homes and they were having a house party and someone said, oh, it's one of the princes from the United Kingdom, I want a quick picture. And he says, oh yeah, great, you're a friend of one of my friends and yeah, let's look pally and and let's take a picture. Is it possible that if they didn't actually have sex and meet on those three different occasions, would he be believable in saying it was a one-off at a friend's house? I meet so many people. I take so many pictures. It was just another young girl that I've been exposed to all of my life from the days of being a young, dashing prince with the name Randy Andy. Let, let's say... Uh, this this trial finds Prince Andrew not guilty of all charges and is found to be completely 100% innocent in all this. Is there yes. any way back for him into royal and public life? Not without the palace looking bad. And the palace mm-hmm. never looks bad. Mm-hmm. The palace will put up or shut up. And we've right. seen that in history. So they've limited their amount of contact as assurance mm-hmm. as to one way or the other. Prince Charles has already said he wants a slimmed down monarchy. This works in his favor, but it works in the favor of the palace. It works in the favor of the actual institution, and it works in favor of the gray suits that are controlling the direction of the crown. Mm -hmm. Because whether he's guilty or not, if he comes back with a returned uh, plea of, of not guilty and the judge confirms he's not guilty, hey, sorry, you brought shame upon us. And yeah, it's great, but it's all said and done. Mm -hmm. You already agreed to this. We can't give you back your titles. Um, You know what? It's just a black blemish. And and let's forget about it. Um, Let's let's just go on and be one happy business. And you were a former employee and we're not taking away your retirement, but your your benefits and your association are finished. That's how it's going to be handled. Mm -hmm. If the judge returns a guilty verdict, then the palace will say, oh, we cut this off before it got any worse. 
we spared ourselves the biggest um, embarrassment by by supporting him and not doing anything. So we've avoided any sort of further claims that the Duke of York must be stripped and Mm -hmm. we've stopped the armed forces from being unhappy with the monarch they serve. Mm -hmm. And everything is perfect in our world because the crown survives and we cut off the cancer. Mm -hmm. So no matter how we look at it, the crown always wins and they will spin it to make sure that they survive. That's what it does. It's been Mm -hmm. here for a thousand years plus. There's no changing its equation now. So just to finish then, what's actually next for Prince Andrew? And just to follow on from what you've just said there, can the royal family actually survive what is potentially their biggest scandal to date? Of course, the royal family survives. If we remember Diana, we remember all of the scandals. We remember everything. The royal family is still there. They will survive. And that's because they are not a family. They are a crown. They are an institution. They... Yes, they're flesh and blood and they're human, but they have a very different role that they play. So they're going to be fine. They always are. The crown will be fine. It always is. But for poor Prince Andrew, um, I think we're going to see a man who is going to be very depressed. His entire world has now been taken away from him. Uh, I think he will find solace and understanding in being with the Duchess of York. Even though they're divorced, they still live together at Royal Lodge. I don't think Mummy will kick him out of her spare house. Uh, So (laughs) I I think on a human aspect, the Queen will let him remain in the residence that he's in. Uh, But we're going to see a very different Andrew. We're going to see a very private individual here, someone who might have his head hanging in shame after a verdict or someone who will say, you know what? I told you I was innocent. None of you believed me. You don't deserve to have the effort and the care and the loyalty that I've given all of these years. So you know what? I don't care what anyone says. I'm going to remarry my ex-wife because we're happy together. We're going to go off to Switzerland if we don't need to sell our chalet. And uh, I'm done. Leave me alone. I want nothing more from you. And rightfully so if he is innocent okay well thomas mace archer mills thank you very much for coming on the show oh thank you very much for having me i hope i made sense of your questions for everyone listening the headlines remind us daily the world is a dangerous place the elites in charge say everything's fine stop noticing but you know better and your gut knows that time is short to prepare for a world that is four missed meals away from chaos My Patriot Supply has helped over 3 million families become more self-reliant and is the company Americans trust to prepare. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure their best-selling three-month emergency food kits. Each contain delicious breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Secure at least one food kit for each family member. For a limited time, save $200, plus get free shipping on all their Ready Hour three-month emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not ready hour foods. My Patriot Supply also has solar power generators, water filtration units, biomass stoves, heirloom seeds, and critical survival gear. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com Welcome back to the show. Thank you very much to Thomas Mace Archer Mills for coming on the show. Now we're still discussing Prince Andrew, so please do continue to vote in our poll. A reminder, the question of the day is, can the Prince Andrew scandal bring down the monarchy? 
To vote on the poll, visit wizardradio.co.uk forward slash listen to vote live. Let's go back to your messages. And our next message comes from Carly. Carly says, you can't have it both ways, Nathan. Either the royal family are stripping Prince Andrew of his titles to distance themselves from him, or the Queen is supporting him. We don't care about if it's technically from her own money or anything like that, and it does matter what that money specifically went towards. People want to know if the Queen believes her son, and most other people don't, and therefore she supports a sex abuser. If the public catch wind that the Queen supports sexual abuse, I just don't know how they can get past that, Nathan. Well, thank you for that message, Carly. And I'm not trying to say that we can have it both ways. And Of course, the the royal family as an institution is all about self-preservation. And the Queen is very good at being able to separate her... Her, herself f- from the the responsibilities and duties she has towards the country and the institution of the monarchy so that's why they she she with her approval and agreement which is a, a really key phrase in that statement the palace released on thursday evening that it's really important that we stress it was with her approval and agreement that she's taken these uh, patronages and affiliations away from him because that really is the final kick out of official royal life Prince Andrew will always be her son. You cannot take away that that fact. She will always she will always be Andrew's mother. He will always be her second son. So, it, in that in that instance, yes, a, a mother will contribute towards her son's legal fees if he is in trouble in in the vast majority of cases. And I, I that that's why I think she has been doing that because she she's understood the fact that. These are allegations which he strenuously denies. And, you know, he, he's obviously been building a, a defence with his legal team and having investigations. And, uh, of course, it's for the court to decide whether he is guilty or not. But we, we still have to remember in all this that, yes, th- th- everything that's been presented against Prince Andrew is damning. You, you cannot take that away. The, there are some really, really big questions that Andrew has to answer here. And... He, you know he he's going to have to do this when, when it does go to trial but until that point prince andrew is innocent until proven guilty so yes i do think it is right that the queen does support him if she chooses to because he he is still innocent until proven guilty and i think a lot of that i think that sentiment seems to have been forgotten almost in looking at this this case and this scandal yes he's obviously He's obviously got the guilt by association in terms of his friendship with Jeffrey Epstein and Ghislaine Maxwell and, and other people within that circle. And I referenced before the uh, picture of uh, Kevin Spacey on uh, Prince Philip's throne in Buckingham Palace, which, again, is a whole other debates that we, we could have. But the point is, despite outward appearances, despite everything that's been presented here, Prince Andrew is innocent until proven guilty. So, no, I don't think it is the case that... If, if this is the case, the Queen is supporting sexual abuse. I, I do, truly do not believe that because if the if the, there was any semblance of that, she would have withdrawn funding immediately and the royal household, the royal advisers would have urged her to do that. The fact that they haven't done that means that he still has the chance to defend himself in court quite rightly. So, no, I, I'm not sure it is the case that the Queen supports sexual abuse or supports a sexual abuser. It is simply the case that she is is using what it appears to be, and from what has been alluded to, 
this, her private funds, the royal family's private funds, to support Prince Andrew, for a mother to support her son. The question I'm posing is, if, is there at any point an element of taxpayers' funding from the, the privy purse, which is the, the lump sum the Crown gets every year from uh, the Treasury? That, is, is there any of that that has gone into funding his defence? And if so, how much? And what has it been used for? That's what I'm trying to get at. But fundamentally, no, I don't think it is the fact that she is supporting a sexual abuser. I think it is simply a mother supporting her son who is innocent until proven guilty. Thank you for that message, Carly. And our next message comes from Ben. Ben says, for the royal family to no longer exist, it would take a lot. There would have to be a lot of public support wanting them to no longer exist, which would have to be really seriously loud. Because even with the Brexit referendum, it only happened because the Conservatives felt threatened. Then, there would also need to be a Prime Minister who is willing to do a referendum over the royal family, which I just don't think would happen anytime soon at all. Imagine being the Prime Minister who altered the history of the world by getting rid of the British royal family. That's even ballsier than David Cameron doing the Brexit referendum. So I wouldn't hold your breath for any of this to happen. I think it could literally take hundreds of years. Well, thank you for that message, Ben. And I agree with you. I, I don't think this will bring an end to the royal family. So, uh, it, it, of course, it's going to be damaging, very damaging, if he is found guilty. But fundamentally, the fact that they've taken this step in essentially kicking him out of the institution, then they've done what they need to for self-preservation because that is all they do. They are about preserving and protecting the institution. Anyone outside of the immediate line of succession is expendable. And we've seen that with Prince Harry and we've seen that now with Prince Andrew. So uh, going on to your, your other point, again, you're, you're right. It would take a referendum and it, it really wouldn't be as cut and dry as the, the EU referendum, which of, of course was that inf infamous... 52 to 48 it's a very close margin but the implications of brexit would be nothing in comparison to the implications of uh, abolishing the monarchy essentially because our entire constitution which is un uncodified isn't is not in a long piece of paper like that of the united states for just for example you know it's our constitution is based around thousands of years of precedent of individual documents and precedents and uh, certain other traditions as well. So much of it is unwritten, but yet we still abide by it. So all of a sudden, that would have to significantly change. And no Prime Minister, I don't think, would be really willing to do that. Thank so thank you for that message, Ben. Our final message of the day go comes from Yasmin. Yasmin says, People are angry at the royal family right now, but people are fickle, and as insensitive as this might sound, they will get over it. At the end of the day, the Queen has taken a, a, her stand by stripping Prince Andrew of his titles. He is no longer a His Royal Highness, and because of the Queen, he will have to defend this as, case as a private citizen. Because of these actions that the Queen has taken, whatever happens next, they are protected. The Royal Family are very powerful, and it would need to take more than this for them to be over. Well, thank you for that message, Yasmin, and I completely agree with you. As I said in response to uh, Ben's message there, they, they are all about self-preservation. They are all about ensuring the longevity and continuation of the royal family and the institution of the monarchy. That is critical, and they've done what they need to to distance themselves 
from Prince Andrew, who may or may not be found guilty. Only the court case will tell us that. So thank you for that message, Yasmin. And I'm afraid that's all the time we have for this week. But before we go, let's check in with the final poll result. So the question is, can the Prince Andrew scandal bring down the, the mon- bring an end to the monarchy? Well, 67% of you say yes, it can, but 33% of you say no, it cannot. Well, thank you to everyone who's listened to this week's episode, and thanks to everyone who's sent in messages live. If your message wasn't read out this week, then please do try again next week. Thank you to my guest, Thomas Mace Archer-Mills. I'm Nathan Eckersley, and I'll be back at the same time, same place, next week. Goodbye. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.